You're listening to the Australian Army Training and Doctrine Podcast. This is Exercise Hamill 2016. I'm Captain Sharon Maskeldare and I've come to the Joint Task Force Headquarters to meet the Commander of the 1st Division, Major General Paul McLaughlin. So first of all, when we say Joint Task Force Headquarters, what do we mean by that? Well, we, uh, we no longer fight uh, separately as an Army, a Navy and an Air Force. And so what my headquarters is responsible is to make sure that we can best coordinate the effects from the air, uh, from the sea, on the land. So joint pretty much describes all the effects that we bring together at a single place in time, uh, from the Air Force, the Navy and the Army. And uh, certainly in the modern battle space, we've now got to start considering uh, elements such as cyber, uh, electronic warfare. So it, it is a really complex feat that, that we're undertaking at the moment. It takes a lot of coordination. In terms then of the kind of training and preparation that you've had to do to get your headquarters here for Exercise Hamel, what has that required? Well, it, it is. It's, it's a huge, huge effort. Uh, so earlier on this year, we, we did what we call the command post exercise, which is we use simulation uh, and, and we have a lot of people coming and, and sort of setting up what we call injects, which are little scenarios that, that give us what we need uh, to simulate uh, a, a real combat environment. Um, that took about 450 people in the exercise control area to give me the necessary inputs to my headquarters and we had people from uh, Defence, Foreign Affairs and Trade, we had Australian Federal Police representation, we had non-government uh, agencies uh, come in uh, and simulate uh, what would be happening in the humanitarian assistance realm um, as well as all of our warfighting tasks. So. Uh, aviators uh, from the Air Force were developing the amphibious capability, so we had all of those uh, on, on the headquarters. Uh, and my headquarters grew from from about 150 uh, regular um, uh, to uh, it was 320 that we had in the headquarters coordinating all of these very uh, complicated things. So what did that mean then in terms of just the logistics of bringing that all together? That sounds like a, a significant step up. Oh, it is a, it's, it's a huge investment, um, but, but very important because if we don't do it, then we can't practice what we need to do. And of course, if you can't practice, you can't improve. So um, yes, it was a significant undertaking. We had uh, Headquarters Joint Operation Command um, uh, w- you know, pulling together people from all over the services to come together and, and give us that framework in, in which to conduct the exercise. And the international component, because of course that's been very important during Exercise Hamel with our partners from the US, New Zealand and the United Kingdom. How has that worked from your perspective? Oh look, that's probably one of the biggest training objectives that we've had on the exercise. Uh, so we've had um, a simulated United States Brigade here um, who, who took up uh, that central corridor uh, that, that we were trying to protect. Um, we have had uh, a, a uh, a, a live US company uh, working uh, into one brigade. Uh, we have our Marines that are uh, uh, up in the north at the moment uh, come down to uh, uh, come down to Coltana and, and actually form a big part, a, a separate battle group. Uh, and we've had the UK here for the first time in a long time, uh, br- bringing a very potent uh, uh, capability as well, uh, and, uh, and and making sure that we can all work together in, in what was a very challenging scenario. 
In terms then of what the training objectives were for your headquarters during Exercise Hamill, how would you describe those? We have come out for the first time in quite a while and we have been focusing on the on the left hand edge of the spectrum so things like non-combatant evacuation operations this takes us beyond into a middle conflict scenario and we've had the opportunity to come against uh, what we call a hybrid threat something that you would see in the same terms of isis as well as a near-peer uh, military element and that is where the whole scenario changes and you've got to completely and utterly change your approach you don't have air superiority, you have to fight for it. They have an artillery overmatch, you have to degrade that. So there are some significant tactical lessons that we practiced on this scenario against a peer enemy that on our operations over the last 15 years, we haven't actually touched on. Given the diversity then that's innate within your headquarters, how do you leverage from an exercise such as Hamel to get maximum training value? Well, you only get better by repetition, to be perfectly honest with you. You can learn the theory, you can develop the knowledge and the skills, but you, you know, really wisdom only comes with practice and use. So getting out here when we had over 10,000 soldiers in the field, you want to get it right. And certainly we, we've done that. So we've had a chance over the last two and a half weeks to polish what at the very start was you know, a little bit of clunky processes where we're coming together for the first time for the long time. You've got to get to, to, to know each other again. I can tell you categorically my headquarters is unrecognisable from when we started. We've had a chance over that two and a half weeks to continually practice and improve and learn and we are a pretty slick organisation and, and one that I would be very comfortable taking uh, anywhere in the world. Was there a moment during the exercise where you felt you'd achieved the objectives you were aiming for? I don't know if there was a, uh, a single moment, but I noticed a continual improvement uh, pretty much from the, from the start of the activity. So when we first started, some of the what we call battle rhythm events, so they're like coordination activities where we, where we pull together all the experts and we talk about the targeting objectives. They're very complicated. Sometimes they take a long time. When they start getting around down around 25 to 30 minutes from an original hour and 10, you know that you're understanding the business that you're here to do. And certainly the outcomes from those got better, but the time it was taking us to generate those outcomes was also getting uh, you know, much shorter. So I was very pleased uh, with that sort of progress. What do you think the outcomes are going to be then in terms of influence on future operations as a result of what's been learnt here? Well, I think uh, Army uh, for a brief period of time has been putting some of the key enabling elements such as electronic warfare, unmanned aerial systems uh, down at the brigade level. Uh, and what we found is it was distracting the brigade commander from being able to fight that close manoeuvre battle. We've made a couple of decisions that we're going to get one div, the deployable joint force headquarters, into the fight on top of Hamel. And we're going to pull those enablers back to here and this headquarters will seek to provide effects without all that complicated coordination having to be done at the brigade headquarters. That lets the brigade commander ask me for what he needs in the fight and he can then concentrate on fighting uh, that battle for me, that manoeuvre battle, to his best ability without being distracted by stuff that, quite honestly, we should be doing. In summary then, what do you feel were the key outcomes from Exercise Hamel? The first thing is I, I believe the brigades got used to looking up 
for coordinating headquarters again. I think we've still got quite a bit to learn about uh, what we can do for the brigades and what the brigades want us to do for them. So, so that's something that we need to keep looking into. But I am uh, really comfortable that, that we've demonstrated that, that we are a real uh, value-adding option sitting across the top of Hamill, coordinating scarce resources and taking pressure off beleaguered brigade commanders and, and allowing them to fight the manoeuvre battle that we need them to fight. And for you personally, what do you think this exercise has meant for you and your own professional development? Well, it, it's a little bit like circles closing again. So early on in my career, I, I served on the division as a watchkeeper captain and we were involved in these sorts of scenarios and the division had a significant command and control role to play in the race, train, sustain part of Army. We've moved away from that a little bit in the intervening period. It's really good to see the division back in at the forefront of Army's consciousness doing what it really does need to do, I think, in the ADF command and control construct. Major General Paul McLaughlin, Commander of the 1st Division, thank you very much. This is Captain Sharon Maskeldare reporting from Exercise Hamill 2016. This podcast is produced by the Australian Army and is copyright the Commonwealth of Australia.